Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, U.S. troops back to Afghanistan. With the Taliban advancing and security crumbling, the president sends thousands of troops to Afghanistan to move personnel out of the U.S. embassy. This is not abandonment. This is not an evacuation. Uh, This is not the wholesale withdrawal. Can the U.S. Embassy stay open? How long can the Afghan government hold on? COVID summer surge. U.S. cases are now increasing faster than anywhere else in the world. Medical staffs exhausted and frustrated. It's just people dying who don't need to die. Hundreds of students quarantined just days into the school year. Life-threatening heat, 150 million Americans under heat alerts. A high school football player collapses and dies in Nebraska. Plus, the latest on the storm gathering strength in the Caribbean. When will it hit the U.S.? Portrait of America, less white, more diverse, what the census report tells us about our country and how changing demographics influence our politics. Cycle of violence, an officer killed, two suspects arrested. Eric, give you any indication of what that gun was going to be used for? Tonight, we speak with a man charged with supplying the gun. And it's not heaven, it's Iowa. Tonight, major leaguers emerge from a cornfield to play on a field of dreams. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Major Garrett. We begin in Afghanistan, where, at President Biden's order, the U.S. military is sending thousands of troops to safely remove State Department staff from the embassy in Kabul. 
The emergency move comes as a Taliban takeover of the country could be weeks, if not days away. And it's all happening with alarming speed. Taliban forces now control two-thirds of Afghanistan, and its second-largest city, Kandahar, has just fallen. Some predict the capital will come under attack within 30 days. The U.S.-backed Afghan military has been no match for Taliban fighters who are taking advantage of the vacuum left behind by the U.S. troop withdrawal. We have two reports tonight. CBS's David Martin is at the Pentagon, but we begin with CBS's Roxana Saberi in Kabul. Roxana, good evening. Tell us just how anxious are Afghans tonight. Major, the mood here is grim tonight as each day the Taliban take over more and more key cities. But people here fear Kabul could be next. With stunning speed, Taliban fighters are sweeping across Afghanistan. Today, they took their biggest prize yet, the second largest city, Kandahar, dealing another moral and strategic blow to the Afghan government and their forces. Herat, the country's third biggest city, also collapsed. And after seizing Ghazni, the Taliban now control a city only about 90 miles southwest of Kabul. The group's rapid victories are overwhelming Afghan troops, triggering the U.S. to announce today the significant staff drawdown at its embassy in the coming days. We intend to continue that enduring partnership uh, with the people of Afghanistan and the government of Afghanistan. Uh, so this shouldn't be read as any sort of message uh, to the Taliban. But as the U.S. prepares to complete its military withdrawal by the end of this month, this latest move is sure to embolden the Taliban even more. In the city of Farah, a video appears to show insurgents dragging the dead body of an Afghan security force member, shouting, God is great. And elsewhere, the Taliban are showing off military and police equipment they've seized from American-trained Afghan forces. The violence has pushed hundreds of thousands of people to flee in recent months. Many are coming to Kabul seeking safety. They've left behind their homes, their belongings, and even loved ones killed in the fighting. Shia Mohammed's parents were among the victims. He says shops were set on fire and whole families perished. Can you mute the audio? A State Department spokesman says the decision to draw down staff at the U.S. Embassy is, quote, not abandonment, but for many Afghans, it certainly feels like it. Major? Roxana Saberi, we thank you. The first troops in this new deployment should arrive in Afghanistan within 24 to 48 hours. CBS's David Martin has more on this so-called limited military mission. Faced with predictions the Afghan capital could be under Taliban attack within 30 days, the Pentagon is sending 3,000 combat troops to Kabul's international airport to start pulling out American diplomats. These are infantry battalions that are highly trained and, uh, and will have the capabilities to support in any manner what the State Department needs to, 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 to facilitate this reduction. They will fly in from the Persian Gulf and begin moving some of the more than 4,000 State Department employees located at the embassy to the airport whether by ground or helicopter, will depend on conditions in Kabul. From there, the military will airlift them out of the country, along with Afghans who worked for the U.S. during the war and are trying to escape Taliban revenge. We believe this is the prudent thing to do, given the rapidly deteriorating security situation uh, in and around uh, Kabul. The airlift is supposed to be completed by the end of this month, but the troops could stay longer if there are Americans still at the embassy. 
An additional 3,500 combat troops are being sent to the Persian Gulf in case even more firepower is needed to evacuate Americans in the final days of this 20-year war. Major? David Martin, thanks. We turn now to the COVID pandemic. The U.S. is seeing three times more daily cases than any other country. The CDC just reported more than 132,000 infections in a single day, up nearly 25% in a week. And that's giving new urgency to the drive to vaccinate. Here is CBS's Manuel Bajorquez. As the Delta variant spreads, vaccine mandates are accelerating. Today, the nation's largest teachers union announced it is supporting a requirement to get all educators vaccinated or regularly tested. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is doing the same for its 25,000 employees. And San Francisco, starting next week, will become the first U.S. city to require anyone going inside businesses to prove they've been fully vaccinated. Here's the bottom line. Through vaccination requirements, employers have the power to help end the pandemic. That's especially important in Florida, which has broken a record for COVID hospitalizations every day for more than a week. Miami's Jackson Health System is looking to hire nearly 100 more nurses. It's it's relatively easy to create more space for, for beds. It's not as easy to create additional capacity with staffing. And everybody's really vying for uh, the same you know, pool of resources. Mississippi has also broken a record for hospitalizations and has run out of ICU beds. One hospital has cleared out a floor of its parking garage to build a makeshift unit expected to open tomorrow. Then there's Catherine Sherman, an ICU nurse in Nashville. I'm really, really angry all the time because people are dying who don't need to die. Tennessee has seen COVID hospitalizations soar from just over 200 in early July to more than 2,000 today. I am so tired of the people who are creating their own reality where COVID is not a problem. And then they have the audacity to get mad at people like me when we try and show them that, no, this is real. Sherman posted a photo of herself fresh out of nursing school and after a shift in the COVID unit. She tweets, It didn't have to be like this. Across the country, cases in children are on the rise. Florida leads the nation in pediatric hospitalizations. 15-year-old Paulina Velasquez was supposed to start school next week. Instead, she's been hospitalized nearly a month in a pediatric ICU on a ventilator. I think you guys should take the vaccine. It's very important. I don't want nobody to go through what I went through. Just days into the school year in Palm Beach County, more than 400 students have been told to quarantine after being exposed to an infected person. The district says 37 students and 14 staff members have confirmed cases. Major? Manuel Bajorquez, thank you. Tonight, roughly half of all Americans are living under heat alerts as two heat waves bake much of the country. And as Meg Oliver reminds us, this extreme weather can be deadly. Coast-to-coast heat indexes are in the triple digits. Along the East Coast, feels like temperatures are as high as 106 degrees in Washington, D.C., 107 in Philadelphia, and 104 in Boston. We don't have air conditioning at home, so we have to get out and stay cool the best we can. In Omaha, Nebraska, 16-year-old Drake Geiger collapsed at his football practice Tuesday. The doctor came in and said his body was so overheated and his organs were working extra hard and that he was very, very sick. His father, Scott Hoffman, says doctors told him Drake had an internal temperature of 122 degrees. He died that night at the hospital. Last night, the hardest part was being alone, you know, seeing his room and 
That just, that just hurt a lot. Tonight, officials across the country are warning people to stay out of the heat. How quickly can heat exhaustion come on? Typically within 10 to 15 minutes when, depending on the activity that someone's doing outside, the uh, body temperature could rise very rapidly. Tonight, officials are advising folks to keep cool, stay hydrated, and check on elderly neighbors. Heat is the number one weather-related killer in the U.S. Here in New York City, an excessive heat warning is in effect for the rest of the week. Major. With good advice for us all. Meg Oliver, thanks so much. CBS's Lonnie Quinn joins us now with more on when we will see a cool down, which we will. And he's also yeah. tracking Fred, which could be headed to Florida. Lonnie, what do you got for us? Okay, as far as when the cool down gets here, I would say by the end of the weekend for a good chunk of the country. But as for the country, it was coast to coast today, record setting temperatures. Tampa, Florida, you may not realize it, but 96, the hottest Tampa has ever been on this date. North of it, well north, Martinsburg, West Virginia, you hit 100 degrees. That was a record for you. But the story today was Bellingham. Washington. You hit 98 degrees, not just a record for this date, the hottest day you've ever had in Bellingham, Washington. And tomorrow, more of the same. D.C. and Newark both hit 99, but it feels like 108 degrees. Out west, your records are going to fall again. Portland, a record at 103. Lewiston, Idaho, a record at 108. And now I want to go down to the tropics. You were talking about the storms down there, Major. Well, here's the deal. We have tropical depression, Fred. It's not very organized. It's around the eastern portion of Cuba. And then off to the east, we've got what could be great. I mean, right now, it's, it's a tropical disturbance. But if it gets its act together over the next two days, it could possibly become grace. As for Fred, maybe it becomes a tropical storm again. We think that's pretty likely on Saturday. A landfall possibly around the Florida Keys. Another one possibly late Sunday into Monday around the Panhandle. It's not the biggest storm Florida has seen, but it's got a lot of tropical moisture. So flooding is the concern, Major. Very good, Lonnie. Thanks so much. Census data released today reveal an America more diverse than ever, with big increases in those identifying as Hispanic, Asian, or multiracial. CBS's Ed O'Keefe has more on the numbers and what they could mean. New census figures show the nation is diversifying faster than expected. White Americans now account for less than two-thirds of the population. That's down more than 8%. The number of black Americans climbed by single digits, Asians and Latinos by double digits, and people who identify as multiracial spiked 276%. It's not just going to be a white America anymore. It's going to be an America that uh, is very fluid in terms of its race and ethnicity, especially among the younger population. Much more of the country's population is shifting south and west, and more than 8 in 10 Americans live in cities and suburbs. Phoenix has surpassed Philadelphia as the nation's fifth largest city, and in Florida, the Villages, the nation's largest retirement community, is now also the fastest-growing metropolitan area. Local leaders who choose to use this data may make decisions such as where to build roads and hospitals. Fresh proof of the country's rapid diversification will amplify calls for better minority representation in the halls of power. The whole point of doing a census is to make sure that we're able to ensure that our democracy keeps up with the population by reflecting population changes. And the changes come amid ongoing racial tension. A new report documents more than 4,500 anti-Asian hate incidents so far this year. And communities of color pushing hardest for police reform and voting rights. Ed O'Keefe is here. I'm glad to say that. Uh, walk us through the implications. Well, look, today's figures are essentially the starting gun for a fierce political and legal fight now set to play out in dozens of states that will be redrawing congressional and legislative boundaries. Both Democrats and Republicans gearing up to spend tens of millions of dollars to win those fights. Data, demographics, and destiny. Ed O'Keefe, thanks so much. Tonight, we're going to take a close look at the killing of a female Chicago police officer, the first such homicide in more than 30 years. 
As with many shootings, it involved an illegal gun. Charlie DeMar of our CBS Chicago station, WBBM, looks into how that gun ended up there. Chicago is still in mourning after Officer Ella French was killed and her partner critically wounded during a traffic stop Saturday night. Authorities say 21-year-old Amante Morgan and his 22-year-old brother Eric were in the car police pulled over. Both face multiple charges, including murder. A weapon was recovered on scene at the time of the arrest. Investigators say Amante Morgan used this 22 caliber Glock pistol to shoot the officers. A trace of the serial number showed the semi-automatic was sold at a gun shop in nearby Hammond, Indiana. That led investigators to this man, Jamel Danzi, who federal prosecutors say was a straw purchaser, a man with no criminal record who bought the gun for Eric Morgan, who couldn't have a gun because he's a convicted felon. Back in March, did Eric give you any indication of what that gun was going to be used for or, you know, why he wanted the gun? No. CBS News spoke exclusively with Danzi last night, shortly after he was released from federal custody. When you heard, you know, about what happened, um, what, what went through your head? Devastated. Officials here have long said illegal guns fuel violent crime. Already this year, there have been 478 murders and roughly 2,100 shootings. So far, more than 7,600 illegal guns have been taken off the streets. Chicago's police superintendent said in a statement that Danzi's release on bond was outrageous, adding that it sets a bad precedent. As for that second officer shot during that traffic stop, he is still in critical condition and in the hospital, Major. Following the evidence, Charlie DeMar, thank you. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tonight, Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, says he is willing to give up legal control of her finances. The pop star's attorney called it a victory for Britney, and he also promised to pursue allegations of misconduct against her father. Jamie Spears, for his part, insists he's done nothing wrong, but says a public battle with his daughter is not in her best interest. Chicago health officials said today that the recent Lollapalooza Music Festival was not, we repeat, not a COVID super spreader. Nearly 400,000 fans crammed into Grant Park for the four-day festival. The city reported just 203 COVID cases connected to it, and no one was hospitalized. Officials say about 90% of those who attended were vaccinated. Nearly 60,000 pounds of chicken have been voluntarily recalled for a possible salmonella contamination. These products were sold under the brand names Dutch Farms, Millwood Valley, and Kirkwood. The recall includes frozen, raw, breaded, and stuffed chicken products. If you want to, you can check the packages for the identification number P2375. Tonight, Iowa joins the big leagues as the Yankees meet the White Sox in a cornfield. Yes, a cornfield transformed into a field of dreams. CBS's Mola Lange is there. Feels perfect. Just as it did 32 years ago. Unbelievable. 
It's more than that. It's perfect. In the film, the field is a place where dreams come true. Today, life imitates art. Major League Baseball spent years building this field next to the movie set. I mean, to be here, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Larry Bailey and his wife drove 500 miles all the way from Kentucky. Whether it's this game or this movie, Bailey wouldn't miss it. To me, it's a perfect baseball movie. It's a sacred story that connects fathers with their sons and daughters. It's something every kid dreams about, even when they're no longer a kid. It's about a father and son relationship. And sorry to say, my dad and I never did play catch together. All the big leaguers probably watch this movie when they're little boys and watch their dads cry and wonder, what was that about? Why are you crying? To understand, you got to be here. You got to see it. This place is something magical. Bailey is among some 8,000 fans who made the pilgrimage to this baseball holy site. It's like Mecca of America to come here in the baseball world. Is this heaven? It's Iowa. For baseball fans, is there a difference? Mola Lenghi, CBS News, Dyersville, Iowa. You didn't ask, but yes, I cried. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, a story of true devotion. The geese that are inseparable in sickness and in health. That's when Steve Hartman goes on the road. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett. We thank you so much for watching, and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.